0: Bonfire Press and Studio Erbo present Chronicles of the Essence God: Children of the Essence by Eric J. Cockrell and Chuck Pino Read by Michael Goodrick Chapter 10 The Hunt for Island Suarez The halls of the ancient temple were more alive with activity than they had ever been. With the arrival of Master Demos, the green-robed acolytes were scurrying about, preparing the building for a massive feast that was to come. This made it all the easier for four similarly clad figures to make their way through the passages unnoticed. The lead figure pressed onward, moving the group through the masses until they found themselves in a small room several corridors away from any action. From this point, they would hear anyone coming way before they arrived. Andrew Edmund drew back his hood, followed soon after by the other three. He let out a long, slow sigh and leaned back against the cold stone wall that had likely been around longer than any other man-made structure he had ever approached in his lifetime. He didn't let the thought of the history that lay within stray him from the mission, though. He eyed his sister, niece, and her young male companion for a moment, choosing his words as best he could. Getting your robes was the easiest part of this entire caper, and just about the only thing I could plan. From here on out, all of us have to be on our toes and thinking several steps ahead, alright? He asked, knowing that what he demanded from all of them was beyond anything that had been asked of them before. Hell, it was probably beyond anything he had encountered, now or in the future. The two younger members of the team nodded quickly. Flo, however, eyed her daughter long and hard unsure of what she had allowed them to get into. Andrew understood that look all too well. We have no plan, Andrew. We're in, but that's it. We need to get the walking stick back from a man who wields his own power, one we don't at all understand. And beyond that, we have to find a man who could literally be anywhere in time before these zealots make him some kind of sacrifice of them or something. Flo breathed out and placed a comforting hand on Celeste's shoulder. And we have young people here who depend on us. I know I asked for your help, but how can we possibly work against all of that? Andres grasped Celeste's hand, forcing a flush to come over the young woman that she quickly pushed back. We're more than capable, ma'am. We both come from hardy stock. And besides, I was trained by my abuela. If anyone can find him, it's me. Andrew quickly pointed a finger at the young man and grinned. Exactly! Exactly! You and Celeste track down clues and see if you can't figure out where he is or if they know anything. He turned to his much older younger sister. While they do that, we'll go back upstairs and see what we can learn about Deimos and his abilities so we can get the other stick back. He pulled the staff his father had given to Flo to help him in his quest from under his robes. At least, we've got our own ace in the hole. Celeste, Andres, you two keep your heads down and stay out of trouble, all right? You're only out there for scouting, and then we can meet up again here and figure out what to do, okay? Celeste and Andres nodded. The two both appeared to be hiding their excitement, though not perfectly. Florence could see it. Andrew nodded for his sister to follow him, but she shook her head in response. Just a second. I need a moment alone with my- with Celeste. The two men nodded and exited the small quarters. Celeste shot her a look. You're what, mother- What were you going to say before you chose to say my name instead? Celeste insisted, knowing that her mother had been about to say something embarrassing. Florence Edmund Fletcher opened her robes and produced her black faux Gucci purse. Celeste narrowed her eyes as her mother stuffed one hand into the handbag and grasped her cheek with the other. Mother? Celeste started before Flo stopped her. My baby, spoke Flo forcefully. I was going to say my baby. Now, I want you to remember your training, and only use this if it absolutely comes to it, alright? I won't have you down here without any way to defend yourself. The young woman found herself holding back a welling up of emotion as she stared into her mother's eyes. The only thing that stopped her from stepping forward and embracing the woman right then and there was the feeling of cold steel in her hand. She looked down and gasped. She held a pistol in her hands, Her mother's pistol more specifically. The family had taken self-defense lessons, which included knowing how to properly use and care for a firearm. This wasn't the first time she had held one by any means, but it was the first time she had been solely entrusted with one. She looked back up, mouth agape. Don't say anything, dear. Just promise me you'll be careful, and if it comes to it, you'll protect yourself at all costs. We can always come back for the walking stick another time if I lose you, it's for good. A tear welled up in Florence's left eye. Celeste bit her lip to keep the same from happening to her and nodded silently. I love you, my child, the older woman whispered before leaning in and kissing her daughter on the forehead. I love you too, mom, Celeste choked back, her eyes watching as her mother smiled softly and turned to leave the room. The young woman quickly checked the pistol to make sure that it was loaded and the safety was on. When she was satisfied, she slipped it into her right pocket and stepped out into the hallway. Andres shot her a sideways grin and slipped his hood up. I can't believe your mom let you go. I thought she was going to make you wait in there. I was going to have to do this part alone. Celeste shot him a soft punch in the arm and lifted her hood. No such luck. All I got was a mom-sized lecture about being careful and making sure we stayed out of trouble. The two began walking down a corridor scanning for any rooms of interest. Andres cocked his head. Unlikely, mi We're going to find grandfather before these bastardos can get their hands on him. His companion didn't answer, but he knew her silence meant she was with him on this. Even when she was angry at him, he had been able to rely on her to have his back. He could feel his stride lengthen as his pace increased. They were so close, he could feel it in every fiber of his being. So much of his recent life had gone into this search. At times, he had known nothing save for this. Celeste was almost jogging to keep up with him. She was about to say something when they turned a corner and almost knocked into a very familiar bearded figure. Master Kevin, the man who had almost captured her the last time they had been here, looked down on the two and grunted gruffly. Perfect. Y'all come with me. I've got some work for you." Andrew led his sister up a set of stairs and towards the sounds of muffled chatter. Florence moved in close to her brother and whispered, "'Why exactly are we moving towards the voices?' she asked hurriedly. He shot her a smug smile. "'Where the people are, Demos is most likely not going to be far away. Blend in and we should be fine.' The two continued until they found themselves back on the main level again. The Acolytes were moving about." this time much more orderly than they had previously appeared. Excited chatter arose as the figures made their way through the halls. From the conversations overheard, few seemed to know exactly where they were going, though they knew something interesting was at the end of their relatively short journey. There was only a few quick twists and turns, so Florence and Andrew weren't entirely confused as to where they had ended up. If needed, they could easily find their way back. The problem was, though, that they had come to a sudden stop, not too far away from an open doorway in the wide hall. The crowd was dense, but not impossible to pass through. Andrew took Flo's hand and led her through the crowd towards the door. It wasn't easy to keep the walking stick hidden, though slipping it under his belt beneath his robes had at least made it easier to keep track of and less likely that he would simply drop it. As they pressed through the mass of people, the siblings made their way to the doorway. Flo had a hard time seeing over the throng of people, but her brother was able to look out and see what all the fuss was about. The man that had been described to him by Andres and Celeste, Demos of the singular jade eye. Andrew found himself staring at the green monocle, entranced by it in a way he couldn't explain to anyone, himself included. His temporary hypnosis was halted by a sharp jab in the ribs by his sister, he looked down and shot her a look. Well, she whispered intensely. He nodded. It's him, he mouthed back. He put a finger to his lips and looked back at the source of his awe. Demos stood tall like a preacher on TV, basking in the love and respect of those around him. I know that Master Kevin had told you that we were searching for a man known as Isla, but that is only part of the truth. You see, that man and those he associates with hold the power of the essence, and they have abused it. They have taken much with no explanation save for that they are doing what is right. He stepped forward and placed his hand upon the head of the closest acolyte, who received the touch with grace and bent down slightly as he did so. Before now I have kept their crimes obfuscated from you, my most precious people, so I might stave off your wrath, lest it weaken your resolve to continue forward with patience." "'That cannot continue, however. "'You all deserve to know what it is we seek from these individuals. "'You have every right to know of the children of Adrielon.' Andrew looked down at Flo, who met him with the same confused glance. "'Neither had ever heard of any of this.' Celeste and Andres followed closely behind the towering cult leader. At no point did Celeste try to catch Andres' eye, fear that the giant of the man would notice. She would simply have to trust her gut for the time being. Her hand brushed against the hard lump of metal on her hip, and she breathed out a low, slow shot of air. There was something calming about knowing that she wasn't without her own tricks. It did amuse her, though, that the last time she had confronted the man, it had been with magic, and now it was with a much more modern weapon. The master stopped in front of a stone door and motioned to Celeste. Your assistance is required here. Help your brethren pour through the rest of the notes. They will explain everything. The young woman hesitated and then nodded, slowly making her way towards the door. Master Kevin waved for Andres to follow him. Come with me. We have work to do elsewhere. Andres followed silently, never looking back. Celeste watched the two walk away and took a moment to swallow the panic that was encroaching upon her. She still remembered where they were to meet. Nothing had changed. She would find out what she could, and then head back to the meeting place the first chance she got. Opening the door, she found herself at the top of a set of stairs. The walls were lined with torches, which made it much easier for her to venture further with little fear. She could hear voices and the rustling of papers as she approached the bottom. She was in what looked like an inner sanctum, with an altar at the far end. Four other green-robed figures were flipping through folders and making notes when they found something they thought would help. Celeste couldn't make out much of the artwork on the walls or on the altar, as it was all littered with papers. She even found a world map on the wall with strings attached to certain notes that had been tacked to the wall. One figure looked up as she approached and handed her a thick manila folder. Go through this and see if there is anything you can find about the man known as Island Suarez. Celeste nodded, took the folder, and began scanning the pages for anything of interest. Most of it looked to be in languages she couldn't make out, and some of them were made up of characters that looked nothing like any alphabet she had seen before. She took the folder and continued to flip through slowly as she made her way to the map that had piqued her interest as she had entered. She found a string dangling from the wall with a piece of chalk at the end. It was obvious that the chalk had been used to mark multiple spots on the map. She found the temple where they stood now, in Argentina, the spot Andres had told her about on the internet before she had made the journey that had started all of this. She continued to scan the map, finding another circle in northwestern Africa. The map was old and faded, but she could just barely make out the name of the country, Mauritania. Celeste regretted not paying more attention in geography. She hadn't even heard of the place, and yet it was easily bigger than her home state. Her eyes passed over another circle in Switzerland, which interested her very little until she came to stare at a single circle in North America, the only one in that entire country in fact. More disturbing, however, was the fact that the circle was in New York State, and the words Essence House had been scrawled into the map in chalk. Looking back, she found the rest of her studious colleagues to be engrossed in their work. Quickly, she erased the circle with her thumb and drew a new one as quietly as she could in New Hampshire. She smiled to herself and went back to thumbing through the barely-readable notes. Footsteps pounded down the stairs as another figure stopped at the bottom of the stairs and called out to the others. The singular jade eye speaks to all who will listen. Come, my friends. You do not want to miss this. The others looked to the one who had addressed Celeste earlier. He took a long pause and then made his way to the stairs. Let's make it quick, my friends. We can't miss this. But then when he's done, we come right back here and continue our work. The others nodded in agreement and hurriedly followed up the stairs. Celeste didn't dare follow and soon she found herself alone in the treasure trove of unreadable secrets. She hurriedly began to grab whatever random file she could, searching for any that might actually be in English or Spanish so she and Andres could make something of what had been found. She stopped partway through her search and made her way over to the map. She plucked the chalk off of the string and grabbed a nearby step stool. Standing on the top step, she wrote on the wall in thick letters, Suarez, he isn't here. Meet him at HQ. C.E.F. Dropping the chalk, she stepped down and clapped her hands to rid herself of the yellow dust that clung to her. She heard a shuffling of papers as she did so, surprised that she had clapped loudly enough to make any sort of wind in the room. That simply isn't true, child. Suarez is here, unexpectedly, though. Celeste whirled around to find herself staring at an older Latin gentleman regarding her with a warm smile. Slipping her hand beneath her robes, Celeste grasped for the pistol in her pocket while stepping closer to the wall. Excuse me? she asked, her voice quivering. The man raised his hands to show that he wasn't armed save for a small green coin. You needn't worry about me, my dear Celeste is it? I'm the man that I believe you have been looking for. I am island Suarez. Celeste immediately relaxed and pulled her hand out from the robe. She took a few steps towards him and began to speak excitedly. It's so good to meet you, sir. Andres will be so happy to hear that you're safe. My mom and Uncle Andrew are here too. We gotta get you out of here before these guys find you though. The man held up a hand. Slow down, child. You aren't making complete sense. I came here because I found out that your mother and uncle are here. This isn't a safe place for any of you to be. Where are they? Celeste pointed toward the stairs. We have a meeting spot in a room here in the temple, a couple floors up. I can lead the way. The elder gentleman shot her a warm smile and made his way towards the stairs. This isn't my first time here, my dear. I've spent more time in this temple than you can imagine. Follow me. The two made their way up the stairs at a pretty good pace. Celeste was surprised at how spry the man was for someone who was as old as he supposedly was. He stopped partway up, though, and turned back to Celeste. My dear, it would seem that the torches ahead have burnt out. Would you pass me one? The younger woman nodded and turned to reach for one when she heard a low grunt of pain from the elder man. She held the torch aloft to see a hooded figure wearing the same green robes as she. The figure paid her no mind, though, as they moved in close to Aylan and whispered something in the old man's ear. Aylan stepped back and fell against the wall, revealing a smooth, polished, mahogany-handled knife plunged deep into his abdomen. The figure turned and began to dash up the stairs. Celeste whipped the pistol out of her pocket and took three shots into the dark. She wouldn't have known if any hit, save for the pained grunt that came suddenly before the slammed door at the top of the steps. The blast echoed through the hall as she reached to catch Island from slumping to the stone stairs beneath him. Demos took a seat as many of the other acolytes did the same, allowing for more to enter the room. Andrew and Flo found themselves tightly packed in the room as they took a seat to listen to Demos begin his story. In a time so far from now, two would find it unbelievable. There was an island that would soon find itself in a catastrophe of apocalyptic proportions. This island was known as Atriyellum. Three dull blasts echoed through the halls. The cultists turned back at the sound. Flo bounded to her feet, crying out into the ether. Celeste! Everyone in the tightly packed room turned their attention to the older woman. Andrew Edmund included. He grimaced as his hands wrapped around the walking staff under his robes. Shit. Theme music by Carol Cockrell.